pages. There's an outline inside of it, and it'll help you to follow along. There's also some other things that you can uh, follow along with us as we get a little farther into it. Tonight's going to be a little bit more uh, on the teaching and just sharing some thoughts and uh, really right from the pages of the Word of God. And I want you to notice here this verse, uh, Psalm 85 and verse number 6. The Bible says, Wilt thou not revive us, what's that next word? Again, that thy people, notice thy people may rejoice in thee. Now, maybe, maybe you're like me, you didn't come from a Christian background, maybe you haven't been in church all your life. And maybe you're not accustomed to this, this matter of revival or what it means to revive. It's very simple to understand. So if you want to jot this down, to revive something means to return it to life. See, there was life, and along the way, something happened. It also means to recover life. Uh, so if you've been seeing our our artwork, our graphic that we've been using for our revival, it reminds you of what you would see somebody in the hospital and you would see the monitor on a machine with the heartbeat and how sometimes patients flatline and the life has gone out of them. And sometimes what doctors will do is they'll put the paddles on them and if it's God's will, that person's heart will begin to beat again and you'll see that, that uh, monitor start to move from a flat line. Well, sometimes in our lives spiritually, that's what happens. And the psalmist here was saying, Wilt thou not revive us, help us to return to life? Now, you might be thinking tonight, Hey, I'm good, I'm okay. And I hope that's true. But if you're like me, every day we live in this world, and every day the world beats us down. Every day we face things. And, and oftentimes what happens is what, what is weighing on us sucks the life out of us. And I don't know about you, but I know I need revival. I need a fresh touch from God. I need to hear from God. And listen, that, that is my prayer. Just like the psalmist here, he's praying in Psalm 85, he's praying for revival. And a lot of people, if you've ever studied, and I've done some over the years, uh, a lot of people have studied the revivals of old. Uh, they're great studies. If you ever get a chance, there's books out. Of course, you can go online. But what, what do you see when you look at those revivals of days gone by? You see a mighty moving of God's power. I, I remember when I was in Bible college, and uh, as a matter of fact, Dr. Getch was uh, one of the one of the instructors that I had, I was getting my my master's degree, and and uh, for my my dissertation at the end of it, I had to do a ten thousand word uh, paper study on uh, a, a particular topic, and they 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 allowed you, Doctor Getch would allow us to pick whatever topic, and I just thought to myself, if I'm going to have to spend that much time. And, and do that much work and put in that much effort, then I want to study something that interests me. Now, I made a huge mistake because what, what I came to, the subject that I came to was I wanted to do a study on revival. Now, that's not a bad thing. But the person that I was going to submit my paper to, my study to, 
is a man who's given his life to revival. There's very little that Dr. Getch hasn't read or doesn't know, and so I thought, this is not going to be like when I was a kid in school and I tried to just snow my way through a paper. I thought, I'm going to have to really put some substance, and it, it maybe, maybe that caused me to dig in more, but I remember some of the comments that he wrote on my paper, and one of the comments that he wrote was something to the effect of, Dr., uh, uh, Pastor Humbert mentioned it on Sunday, that it has been proven that many of the great revivals of the old days that the catalyst behind those revival meetings were teenagers. It wasn't the adults. It was teenagers. But what happened was they got a hold of God, and there was a mighty moving in those revival meetings. And, you know, when I think about revivals, look, if, if I'm only interested, and you're only interested in the revivals of the past, then here's the question, why have a revival meeting? I long to see revival in my day. If you talk to Dr. Getch, he'll tell you the same thing. That's why he gives his life week in and week out, day in and day out, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, is to see revival, to see crowded meetings, and to see many souls saved, to see lives being transformed by the Word of God. Revival will not come without a deep spirit of prayer resting on the people of God. It's not going to come, folks, without it. And we have to understand, if you think about what revival is, here's a definition, and you see it there in your notes. Revival is a renewal or a restoration. It's a fresh invasion of the life and the love and the power of God. That's what it is. You know, you get around people, and what happens with people? People start to faint, and you find that as people faint, when help comes, what happens? They revive. I remember when my mom was, before she, she passed away this uh, past year, that being in that home, because nobody was coming, my mom, we could just tell she was slipping and slipping and slipping. But then when they opened up to where people could go in and visit, and my sister started to go see her, she revived. And that's what happens. People faint. You think about flowers and somebody gives you flowers, what happens? Flowers over, uh, sometimes over a little bit of time, sometimes over a longer, depending on what flower it is, but flowers eventually start to droop. But when you put more water in the vase, what happens? They revive. They come back to life. Well, guess what happens to Christians in churches? Spiritually speaking, we start to faint. We start to droop. And what happens is, is because of that, we too, like those flowers, we need reviving. We need a, as it says here again, to return to life. And the question tonight is, are you and I deeply burdened for God to send us a Holy Ghost sent revival? To, to allow God's Holy Spirit not only to work in our lives, but in our land and throughout this entire world. So let me give you some steps tonight that will help us to see a God-sent revival, all right? Just some thoughts. Number one, what's the first step? It all begins with that we must confess our need for revival. I, I, look, 
I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at me. I need to confess to God like the psalmist was doing. Look again in verse number 6. The Bible says here again, Wilt thou not revive us? That includes the psalmist. It says, God, will you not revive us again like you've done in the past? When the psalmist felt the need, what did he do? He prayed. And his prayer was a confession. Three thoughts about our need for revival. Look, I, think, I don't think I have to spend a lot of time on this tonight. The world needs revival, amen? This world that we live in, it definitely needs a revival. The Bible says there that multitudes are without God and without hope. That's the world we're living in today. And the only key to this tragic situation in the world is revival. The world needs revival. The church needs revival. Now, the church and the world should be different. You think about the church, we're talking about the people of God. What's happened many times is because we live in the world, we start to act like the world, we start to look like the world. Before long, the world is in the church, and the church doesn't look like the church, it looks just like the world. And the church needs revival because many churches in our land and in the world today are worldly, they are formal, they are lacking spiritual power, and the only thing that's going to change the church is revival. See, the world needs revival and the church needs revival. How about this? We, personally, you and I, we need revival in our lives because without revival, without the power of God, listen, we are powerless. What happens is, is that many times, frequently in our lives, we fail. Our testimony seems ineffective. And our prayer life is either non-existent or we pray little. And we need revival. Revival is our personal need. And there will never be any revival until we are willing to admit our desperate need for it. You know, they say that people that have addictions, that's the first step to being cured is they have to admit their need. And if we say, hey, we're okay, then why have a revival? But I know that if you're like me, we need it. And so notice the first step is we need to confess our need of revival. But look at the second one. Once that confession is made, then we must admit the possibility of revival. Now, a lot of times people are not convinced that revival is possible, but you know what I love about Psalm 85? When you read it, here's what I got out of it. The psalmist was convinced that revival is possible. Again, if, if we don't think revival is possible, then why have a revival? But in your Bible, in, in Psalm 85, look at it. Six times I want to show you in the first three verses of Psalm 85 that the psalmist reminded God of what he had done. Now watch this, because we're talking about the possibility. We need to admit revival is possible. How many of you think revival is possible? Okay, so watch this. Look at verse number one. You see two things he reminded God of. In verse number one, here's the first one. He says, thou hast been favorable unto thy land. He says, God, you were in the past 
favorable to your lamb. Look at the second one in verse 1. Thou hast passed, brought back the captivity of Jacob. Now look at the third and fourth one in verse number 2. He says, Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people. Here's the fourth one. Thou hast covered all their sin. Selah. Look at the fifth and sixth one, verse 3. Thou hast taken away all thy wrath. And look at the sixth one. Thou hast turned thyself from the fierceness of thine anger. Six times the psalmist reminded God. Now listen, God doesn't need us to remind him, but the psalmist was saying, you know what, I really believe that revival is possible. Why? Because God, you've done it before and you can do it again, right? And so the psalmist is saying here, look, it is possible. And he's, these, these verses here demonstrate the possibility of a revival coming again. Those who will not admit that revival is possible, that it can come in our day, you know who those people are? They're pessimistic people. They are people that, that are unbelieving. They are self-satisfied people. They are worldly Christians. Because when you look at history and you add to history the promises of God, what do you find? Right here in this psalm, you find that there is proof that revival is possible. One of the verses that many times we hear during revival meetings or leading up to them is this verse here, Second Chronicles 7, 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now look at a couple words here. Look at the end of verse 14 where God says, then will I. See those words? That means revival's possible. Look farther in there. He says again, and will forgive. And then at the end of the verse, and will heal. That shows me that God says revival can happen. Revival is possible. Look at Jeremiah 33, 3. Call unto me, and look at the words, and I what? I will. God says revival is possible. But we need to confess that we have a need for that revival, and we need to admit the possibility of a revival. But look at the third step, is we then must recognize what the source of revival is. Now, a lot of times people have different ideas about where revival comes from, but verse number six tells us where revival comes from. Look at it again in Psalm 85, verse six. Wilt thou? The Bible says, wilt thou not revive us again? See, revival, according to the Word of God, revival comes from God. It's not something that Dr. Getch put together. It's not something that somebody can send in the mail and all of a sudden we have it. The Bible says that revival comes from God. Look at Psalm 62, 11. God has spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God. Revival is not something that's worked up. Revival is something that comes down. God is the one that brings revival. And folks, look, our eyes should not be on man and our eyes should not be on methods. Certainly, uh, Brother Kenny and I, we've talked about this meeting that's coming up starting on Saturday. We've Brother Kenny has sat down and he's 
He, he has put together an order for songs and, 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 and prayer and things like that. And, and certainly we have those things in place. But listen, if, if we need to rearrange things or we need to leave something off or we need to change something up, I want God to lead us in this revival meeting because I want to hear from God. And, and we must recognize that God is the source of revival. Our eyes need to be on the Lord, not on man. Somebody said, when we look to man, we get what man can do. When we look to money, we get what money can do. When we look to organization, we get what organization can do. But when we look to God, we get what God can do. How many of you want what God can do in your life? That's what revival is all about. Look at Psalm 62, 5. The Bible says, my soul wait thou only upon God, for my expectation, look at this, is from him. I'm not, I'm not looking to anyone else. I'm not looking to the church. I'm looking to God. My expectation, my hope is in the Lord. And so notice as we confess our need for revival and we admit there's a possibility of revival and we recognize what the true source of revival is, then notice number four, we must employ the means for securing revival. So pastor, what's that all about? Well, a lot of times people wonder, what is it about revival? What's the big secret when it comes to having revival? Well, listen, we read it earlier and we'll see here in just a minute, but again, in verse number six, remember the psalmist is praying for revival. You see, when you think about the secret of revival, it's passionate, believing, urgent prayer. That's what the secret of revival is. It, it, what, somebody asked, what was the real cause of the 1904 through 1906, what it was known as the Welsh Revival? It was one of those revival meetings that I was talking about earlier. And if you do some study, in Evan Roberts prayed daily for 13 years for revival. And on top of that, there was numerous prayer groups that met in Wales, and they prayed for the previous one and a half years. Think about that. I mean, not just a couple days, we're talking years. And one observer said this. He said, if it be asked why the fire of God fell on Wales? The answer is simple. Fire falls where it is likely to catch and spread. Wales provided the necessary tinder or kindling. Here, he says, in Wales were thousands of believers unknown to each other. In small towns and villages and great towns, crying to God day after day for the fire of God to fall. This was not merely a talk, a little talk with Jesus, but it was a daily agonizing intercession with God. I thought about that statement about the Welsh revival, and I thought how I've looked at revival meetings, and you know, I think you would be hard-pressed to find a revival that has happened that was not preceded by prayer. And so when I look at the steps, we've got to employ the means for securing revival. What, what is that? That's prayer. God says, pray 
for revival. Now notice the next step, number five, we then must provide the channels for revival. You know, that's, that's where we come in. God wants revival. He wants to send it, but you know what God needs? God needs channels. God needs conduit, something that he can work in and through. And the psalmist says in verse number six, wilt thou not revive us? See, if we're going to see revival, God wants to do it in our lives. He wants to do it through our lives, through the lives of believers and Christians. Revival is the outflow of the Spirit of God through the regenerated spirit of man. That's what revival is. And if it is to come, you and I, we have to be ready to receive the blessing, the full blessings of God, and then you and I need to be channels through whom that blessing can flow. God can use us. That's what Pastor Humbert spoke about on Sunday morning, Sunday night. The kind of people that God uses because God is working in their lives. And so we need to provide the channels. And then look at the sixth step. We must remove the obstacles in order to have revival. The Bible says again, look at verse number six. The psalmist says, revive us. Look at the end of the verse. That thy people may rejoice in thee. When I look at that, it indicates to me, if God's people are rejoicing in him, that's, that indicates to me that there's fellowship going on, that there is a walking with God. There's an agreement with God. Like Amos said, can, can two walk together except they be agreed? The greatest barrier to revival is sin. And I know this, look, if we, if I am not right with God, then revival will not come. Many years ago, D.L. Moody heard a man by the name of Henry Varley say these words. He said, the world has yet to see what God will do with one man who is fully surrendered to him. One man. And when D.L. Moody heard Varley say those words, he responded with this statement, by God's grace, I'll be that man. He was saying, I want to be the one that God would use, the channel that God would use. I don't want to be in the way so that God can't work. I don't want to be an obstacle. And what you and I need to do is pray like Moody did. We need to pray that same prayer, not only for our lives, but for our church. I want God to use Bible Baptist Church this year. To help others come to know Him. To help others to understand what a life with God means. The blessings that come from God. But listen, if there's obstacles in the way, revival will not come. And notice that as we have looked at these first six steps, they're all things that we must do. But look at the last step, because this one isn't something we must do. Notice if we do those first six steps, then we shall enjoy the results of revival. Now look, at, look in your Bible if you still have it open in Psalm 85. And look at, because if you look at the rest of the psalm, and it's just 13 verses, but look at the results because we've been focusing on verse number six. Look at verse number seven, how God shows here in verse number seven, he shows this matter of one of the results of revival is salvation. People are getting saved. Look at verse number 8. The result there is peace. He says here, 
he will speak peace unto his people. If you look at the benefit or the result of revival in verse number 9, he says, Surely his salvation is nigh unto them that fear him, that glory may dwell. We see that the glory is there. You know, it's not Ichabod. The glory hasn't departed. The glory has come because of the revival. Notice in verse number 10, you see another result that's mentioned here is harmony. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. There's harmony when you have revival. Look at verse number 11. We see the the result here is increase. Where the Bible says, truth shall spring out of the earth and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Verse number 12 shows one of the benefits is provision. The Lord shall give that which is good, and our land shall yield her increase. And then verse number 13, we see the result of revival is direction. Righteousness shall go before him and shall set, uh, shall set us in the way of his steps. In other words, God will lead us. God will direct our paths. And when I look at all of these results, look, what was the psalmist doing? And that's what we need to focus on tonight is he was praying for revival. Well, what was revival? We said it earlier. It was a restoration, a renewal, a fresh invasion of the life and the love and the power of God. Is that something you want for your life? Is that something that you desire for not only your life, but for our church? I love this quote by Jonathan Goforth, and you notice it there. If revival is being withheld from us, it is because because some idol remains still unthroned. Because we still insist on placing our reliance in human schemes, because we still refuse to face the unchangeable truth that it's not by might, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. So tonight, as we think about revival, I've given you there on your your note page there, I've given you 10 things. I'm not going to go through those. I'm going to explain in just a minute. But these are all things that if we are going to see revival, there's some things that we must do. I've given you the scriptures, and not only tonight, but maybe in the next couple days before the meeting. Maybe this is something that you could go to. Maybe you could use it in your own life as a, as a prayer page or a prayer reminder. But notice below that three things about revival praying. The first one is this. Revival praying always begins with confession. It always begins. Psalm 85 here, he's confessing. To confess simply means to say the same thing. Well, who are we confessing to? We're confessing to God. Does God know everything? Sure he does. So what are we doing? We're agreeing with God. We're saying the same thing with God. And so when you think about revival praying, and it begins with confession, what should we do? We should ask the Lord to show us. Show us the sin that's in our lives. Our need for revival, the the sin that needs to be forsaken or confessed in our lives. So revival prayer begins with confession. But notice, secondly, Revival praying continues with intercession. So it begins with confession, but then it continues with intercession. Now, what is intercession? It means to plead on behalf of others. 
Jesus Christ is our great intercessor. He's our high priest. And he's at the right hand of the Father interceding. We don't pray to Mary as we heard Sunday. We go to God. And so as we think about this matter of a revival, praying to intercede, what are we doing? What you and I need to do is, is whether you have one or you need to develop one, have a list of names and specific needs, spiritual needs. And then make your intercessions may be made known unto God to intercede, to pray for others. And we mentioned some tonight, we have a whole prayer page full of those that need our prayers. And so, look, it begins with confession. It continues with intercession. But revival prayer ultimately leads to petition. And what is to petition God? It is to make a request, to ask a favor from a superior. And we need to make our petitions known, identify specific things. Look, things that you will trust God to do. That is revival praying. D.L. Moody said, those who have left the deepest impression on this sin-cursed earth have been men and women of prayer. And I, 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 over the years, I know that at times I've been ashamed of my prayer life. It hasn't been what it should have been. I've been around some people, have known some dear folks that have told me many times that, that they pray for me and they pray for this church and they pray for us. We have people in our church and I know that they're praying. And listen, folks, if we're going to have revival, the secret to revival is praying. And so one of the things that God laid on my heart along with this psalm tonight is for us just to take maybe the next 5, 10, 15 minutes. And, and I'm not going to ask you tonight like we normally do. If you want to, that's fine. But I really believe that revival is personal. Uh, you know, I'm not thinking about my wife. I'm not thinking about my daughter. I'm thinking about myself. Now, if you want to get together with a spouse or a friend, that's fine. But I'd like for you to maybe take these things, these 10 things here, things that we must do if we're going to see revival. A lot of times we wonder, what should I pray? I've given you a list. You may have some other things, but let's get alone and pray with God. And, and when you finish, here's what I'm going to ask you to do is, is, if you would, just quietly maybe just get up and, and either step out in the foyer if you want to talk to someone or if you want to head home or whatever. But but leave in a spirit of prayer for those that are still here, those that are still praying. And then don't forget, as we do leave tonight, that Saturday we're going to go out at 10 o'clock and try to share the gospel and, and give invitations to folks and invite people even to come to our revival meeting and invite them to come even as it begins on Saturday night at 6 o'clock. And so I want you to take this and, again, maybe maybe you want to sit where you're at if you want to find another place by yourself, or if you want to come to the altar tonight, wherever you want to do it. But let's just get alone with the Lord tonight, and let's take this list, and let's, let's go to God and ask God to send a revival, Lord, that we might experience what God would have for our church. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.